Change If we wait for some other person Or if we wait for some other time We are the ones we've been waiting for cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. about communism, cultural Marxism, Alinsky, and Islam. Also find very interesting guests, including former CIA agents, authors, and friends. 
Reza, thank you very, very much for uh, for contacting us and uh, agreeing to join us here on uh, Stay Mad Radio. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, as promised, with me on the line is uh, our guest, Charles Faddis. Uh, open your mic right now. Charles, welcome back to Stay Mad Radio. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. No, that's... that's my pleasure, uh, our, our pleasure. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna break right into bringing him right on. Yusama, uh, uh, thank you for joining me here on uh, Stay Mad Radio. I really appreciate it. Well, it's my joy to be with you, brother, and I uh, hope and I pray that the Lord will use it tonight. Her name is Janie Johnson. She wrote the book Don't Take My Lemonade Stand. How are you today, Janie? I'm doing great, David. How are you? I'm fine. I think this is her now. Uh, is this Addie? I Hello. am here. I'm listening. Um, How are you? It's very, very nice to speak with you finally. Yeah, it surely is. So catch this and much more exciting content on Baymad Radio, Tuesday and Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. When I grow up, I'm going to own my own restaurant. I want to be a volunteer firefighter. When I grow up, I want to write a novel. I want to go on a road trip. When I grow up, I'm going to go there. I want to fix up old houses. At AARP, we believe you're never done growing. I want to fall in love again. Discover what's next in your life. Get this free travel bag when you join at aarp.org slash join today. Robert Jones of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Today's date, January 17th, 2012. 
beautiful old town Alexandria, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. I'm talking very, very fast right now because I have had a lot of coffee, specifically a great, a vast, mass quantity of espresso. I have a fine new espresso machine here, the kind with all the pipes and stuff coming out of it all the way around, and it's it's made out of copper and brass and all that, and it's brand new, and I've been drinking espresso all day long. So if for some reason you hear a massive thump and then followed by silence, call 911. That means that I have keeled over from a massive coronary or my head has exploded or something of that magnitude. I have been drinking a lot of espresso. I have to pee too because I have been drinking an awful lot of espresso. I am attempting to stay awake past 10 o'clock, and this is the only way I can do it. I'm an old man. I am 50 years old this month. Muhammad Ali's birthday, mine, Shakespeare, Elvis, oh, and some dude named Martin Luther King, we're all born within a few days of each other. And I find that being an old man right now, I find it very difficult to stay awake past 10 o'clock. So I bought myself a super duper espresso machine from William Sonoma and I am wired. I am wired. Wired. And uh, I'm trying to calm down now. And it's exceedingly difficult to do so. After about a half gallon of espresso in various forms, triple vente white mochas made from my own specific recipe with four shots of espresso with some steamed milk, five or six shots of espresso with some some soy vanilla milk, then some whipped cream on top. Yeah, and then some more chocolate inside that. (sighs) I don't know. Hopefully, I will still be alive by the end of this broadcast. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, let's get right down to it. Tonight's topic is the transformational tyrant. We're going to talk about... American exceptionalism, American exceptionalism, and our tyrant president, Barack Hussein Obama. 2020 Radio Network says, you sure somebody didn't slip some crack in there? No, this is so much – espresso is so much better than crack. I mean, I would guess. I've never tried any, but I understand – From knowing a couple of crack fiends, yes I do, that crack will cause your teeth to fall out, every single one of them, because the person that I know has absolutely no teeth, 
and they're not even 50 years old yet, and a whole other host of side effects. The espresso that I have consumed over the course of the last few hours will only make me collapse of a massive coronary or perhaps even a stroke. I don't know. But it's a whole lot better than losing every single one of my teeth and suffering from a very bad complexion. So earlier today <laughs> on Fox and Friends, my main man, Eric Bowling, from Chicago, like me, uh, had a, a confrontation with uh, Representative Clyborne over Newt's food stamp president comment. What the hell is that? Oh, I would like to put the, put it out there for those of you who did not hear it earlier today. Please join me in listening to Eric Bowling lay the smackdown on Representative Clyborne, just as Newt laid the smackdown last night on Juan Williams. By the way, I had an awful lot of espresso today. Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just go ahead and rewind. Okay, here we go. All right, okay. Hold, hold, hold. Last night's debate, take a listen. Um, in one instance, Newt Gingrich refocused his attacks on the president, however, drawing a distinction between him and the Republican hopefuls. The difference between Barack Obama and the five of us, that we actually think work is good. We actually think saying to somebody, I'll help you if... You're willing to help yourself is good. We think unconditional efforts by the best food stamp president in American history to maximize dependency is terrible for the future of this country. Joining us now to react, Assistant Democratic Leader and South Carolina Congressman James Clyburn. Congressman, thanks for joining us. So, um, well, thank you, you so a, much for having me. Do you have a problem with the assessment calling President Obama the food stamp president? Well, I understand what Newt is doing. Uh, I always have a problem when anybody denigrates another person. And to say those kinds of things about the President of the United States, uh, I think it not only tries to lower the office itself, but it also denigrates those people who find themselves in need of food stamps. Representative, what, what, what's denigrating about calling him the food stamp president? He is... Uh, the leader is not the, the largest, widest expansion of the food, uh, food stamp program in American history. Simply because uh, he has also inherited uh, the biggest economic problem we've had since 1929. If you've got 2.1 million people uh, losing their jobs in the last 90 days of the Bush administration, uh, they are going to find a way to try to eat while they try to recover from that. Well, so sir, President sir, Obama can I just was make in office. Can I make a point yeah, here? The, uh, when Mr. Obama took sure office, can. the duration on unemployment benefits was 19 weeks. The last month, uh, the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics came out and said it's over 40 weeks. It's more than doubled over three years of an Obama term that apparently isn't going in the right direction. Once again, uh, let's talk about how many people needed food stamps at the time uh, uh, Franklin Roosevelt took office. The fact of the matter is this man inherited an economy. I was going into the ditch. You know that. Everybody knows that. And what he had to do was stabilize a very sick economy before he could initiate any kind of recoveries. It's like anybody going into the emergency room. 
You don't try to apply uh, any kind of remedy to a sick patient. You first try to stabilize the patient, and then you try to and then, sir, uh, and then you remedies. hope and you that's hope what the, the vital tried to do here. You try to stabilize families, and you stabilize these families by when you can't get them back to work, but, at but least sir, make sure that sir, they've let, got food use, on the tables. Now we are experiencing right. 22 consecutive sir, months you, of job growth. Okay, sir, using your analogy of the hospital, at some point when the medicine you're giving the patient isn't stabilizing the patient, then maybe you try something else. So we've got to change topics a little bit. Uh, you yourself compared Romney's work at Bain Capital to Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme. Take a listen. I have no problem. Uh, with uh, Mitt Romney or anybody else uh, making millions or even billions. What my problem is, is that if you question things done in the name of capitalism, then he calls it being envious. I don't think anybody was envious uh, or, or, or faithful of being envious uh, when they failed to question what Bernard Madoff was doing. He did all that in the name of capitalism. Representative, how can you compare one man who stole money from innocent investors to Mr. Uh, Romney, who was part of a, a capitalist legal system that, that uh, frankly, tried to create and fix jobs and, and uh, fix companies and create jobs? Look, what I said was, and I stand by that uh, emphatically, and I'll say it again. The fact of the matter is, just because you do something in the name of capitalism uh, doesn't mean uh, that what you're doing uh, it's the ethical thing to do. I grew up in a postage. I saw a lot of things done in the name of religion, okay. uh, which was not okay. religion. Okay. And so just okay. because I, I don't disagree that, that, that if, make it. if you don't agree with what Mr. Romney did at Bain Capital, that's one issue. But comparing to him to someone who stole $65 billion who's going to sp spend the rest of his life in jail, I think that's an unfair comparison, no? I didn't compare him. I compare his calling it envious when we question what he's doing. Someone should have questioned what Madoff was doing. Maybe they were fearful of being envious or being accused of being envious, so they didn't question him. If they had questioned him, then we may not have had this tremendous loss in people's uh, retirement packages uh, and portfolios. The fact of the matter is we can question Mitt Romney, and we will. Uh, I'm not even thinking about what he did in Gaffney. I'm thinking about what he did down in Georgetown, 1,700 okay. uh, and 50 jobs lost in a community. All right. Please, if I ever get to be so old where I start to say really stupid, unintelligible things, aside from tonight, please call the cops. Call those folks in the white. Do they still wear those white jackets to come and pick me up and take me away? At, a, at some point, these folks become so old and decrepit and entrenched in their positions that they say things that are just asinine and stupid. You expect – one would expect that Representative Clyborne would at least make some sense. So what we have here is President Obama uh, being the food stamp king uh, or whatever, th that card now, they don't actually use food stamps anymore, I don't think. Um, those cards, the food stamp king, in order to stabilize the economy by giving people free stuff, money. And this country was much stronger, much more powerful when we stood on our own two feet. When we worked hard, when we sank 
or swam. What the hell is going on here? You know, it, it's as if these liberals believe that they need to take care of us. Yes, EBT, whatever. The, I don't even know what that stands for. You know, there was a time when a guy walked up to me on the streets of Chicago and said, I'll sell you $100 worth of food stamps for $50. You give me $50 cash, and I'll give you the $100 worth of food stamps. I said, well, I'm headed for the grocery store anyway, so that sounds like a pretty good deal. I'll take them. I bought the $100 worth of food stamps, gave the guy the 50 bucks, went off, and bought $100 worth of chow. I was not embarrassed to use the food stamps, but the person who sold me the food stamps, I wonder what he did with that 50 bucks because with food stamps, you're only allowed to buy certain food items. There's some things that you can't purchase with the EBT or the food stamps. So, well, I don't know. It, it's a crazy, crazy world. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Going to take a short break, and then we'll get into the transformational tyrant. And uh, written by William L. Ginsert in The American Thinker. Today's January 12th. January 17, 2012. Check out this article, and then we'll go ahead and read along, if you will, and we'll, we'll discuss it. And if you have any information, if you want to talk about it, give a call in, and we'll we'll discuss it. All right. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and we'll be right back. You can't handle the truth. 24-7. Internet Talk Radio. Socialism is not, is not an option. Vote with the candidate that most closely comes to your worldviews, whatever those may be. Oh, you got a great show. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm impressed with your callers and Dave and everyone on that show. It's just a great show. You're very well informed. It's it's, it's run like a tight ship. It's it's very good. I, I'm sorry for those who who you know who support that that lifestyle. Right, but true. It's impossible. We've said this before. It's impossible to right. be a true conservative and gay. It's so, just impossible. Heaven help you guys if the Republicans actually win in 2012. Because I'll be gunning for those social so-called for those so-called folks. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I speak clearly enough for this? Friday evening, I had the opportunity to appear on Tesla's program. Uh, Tesla hosts three different programs, uh, and I appeared on the Friday Night Roundtable program, which was sort of the less, it's, it's the less serious. He's got some, but, but I was on the Friday Night Show, which allowed me to riff on top. Well, I want to I want to thank you so much for having me on. You, you have a rocking program, and thank you. Uh, this has been very energetic, and getting the message out is the most important thing. Do not ignore this show. Tesla is, you got a fantastic show, and I just want to say God bless America. we got a lot of work ahead of us. To stop uh, because I obviously uh, you know I'm, I'm very conservative uh, I'm not religious orientated believe me people who know me know that if I went into a church it would probably burst into flames probably oh gee Ski and David thank you I love you kisses 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 oh boy okay <laughs> so, oh man I don't want to go there good night and God bless socialism is not an option.
All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. No man is born a murderer or evil or cruel. In America, no, more, no man is born a king or a tyrant. Just as a man must learn to be a killer, men much must teach themselves to be tyrants. Barack Obama has learned how to be a tyrant. American Thinker, The Transformational Tyrant by William L. Jensert. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. The proclivity was always there, along with the arrogance and narcissism. When you're better than everyone else, it's a small step to wish to reign over them as well. Yet few expected a University of Chicago lecturer on constitutional law to decide that the Constitution did not apply to him. Only to mere mortals like you and me. After all, when speaking of George Bush in 2007, he said, quote, I was a constitutional law professor, which means, unlike the current president, I actually respect the Constitution, end quote. Oh, really? Really? He actually respects the Constitution by subverting the Constitution at every turn and using the Constitution only when it suits his nefarious purposes. And I quote again, I refuse to take no for an answer, end quote, said Barack Obama in defense of his usurpation of our Constitution, which established three co-equal branches of government sharing power designed to impede the machinations of a transformational tyrant refusing to take no for an answer or a power drunk congress or an out of control judiciary and I am amazed that I was able to pronounce machinations and transformational as well as I just did given the fact that I drank more than a gallon of espresso over the course of the last few hours. Check the balances codified in our Constitution. They are the foundation of the balance of power intrinsic to our system of government. It is an exercise in divided authority, adversarial, confrontational, and restricted. So when that moron, Jesse Jackson, Junior suggest that Obama should exercise extraordinary constitutional means because the Congress is in rebellion. The Congress is in rebellion of the president, so the president should now uh, rule by decree over us all because the Congress is rebelling against the president and not doing what the president wants to be done because, after all, he is the president, so Congress should roll over and basically do whatever Obama wants done and not be in rebellion as that idiot Jesse Jackson Jr. so aptly stated, or is it haplessly stated? Why write about the Constitution when as a tyrant he could rewrite the Constitution, meaning Barack Hussein Obama? Tyranny is so much easier. Tyrants control everything. 
and don't have to take no for an answer. It was apparent from the beginning that he was uncomfortable with governing. Trying to convince others that his ideas were the best was difficult, especially since he really didn't have any new ideas, any ideas of his own. It was more satisfying for him to rule by making rules. Cybercity. Dr. Jones, <laughs> and you know want to know what I thought you were about to say when you read the words machinations. <laughs> I would love to know machinations. Huh. I barely know what that word means. But I do. And now the president has chosen to bypass the Senate. Bypass the Congress using his powers of recess appointments to name Richard Cotteret as the director of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, despite not having the benefit of an actual recess. The CFPB is a regulatory agency. Once again, more regulations. That's all we really need. That'll get the world right. More regulations. The CFPB is accountable to no one with the ability to set its own budget using funds from the Federal Reserve without congressional approval. It alone decides what and who to regulate with no oversight from the legislative and executive branches. Its director cannot be fired and his decisions cannot be overruled. It's as if he's a he's a he's a king unto himself, a law unto himself. The Consumer Financial Protective Bureau chief, Richard Cotteroy, answers to no one. And he was appointed during a recess that wasn't actually a recess. Now, recess appointments can only be made during an actual recess. And the Senate decides with the approval of the House of Representatives when it is in recess. Barack Obama does not have the constitutional authority to dictate its time for recess. Can you imagine? If the president keeps on going the way he's going, we are going to be ruled instead of governed by the Constitution of the United States. The president has overstepped his authority Far too many times. It is time to at least consider impeachment proceedings in order to put this guy, dare I say it, in his place. At least, perhaps, at, at best, it may give him pause. Maybe. I don't know. Perhaps it's time for some checks and balances here. I have not heard a word about this after it's occurred. There has been no court challenge. And given the fact that the director of Consumer Financial Protection, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, Richard Cotteroy, answers to absolutely no one and can set his own budget and do all those things I talked about just a moment ago, Perhaps there needs to be some sort of court challenge here. 
Do we think that anyone in the Senate or the Congress has the stones to challenge this appointment? The executive controls only the executive branch, not the legislative branch. Refusing to recess is the prerogative of the Senate and a tool used very effectively by Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid and the Democrats with the full support of Senator Obama to prevent George W. Bush from making recess appointments in 2007 and 2008. In essence, Barack Obama has unconstitutionally made Mr. Carteroy a king of what is probably an unconstitutional agency with the power to regulate all aspects of the American economy. Guess who will have Mr. Carteroy's ear? Guess who will be in conference together behind closed doors? Carteroy and Barack Obama regulating everything we do, eat, say, the air we breathe. Barack Obama has succeeded in setting himself up as not the president of the United States, but a ruler. We are now not being governed. We are being ruled. That's, I mean, have I overstated it? Could it be that perhaps I have overstated the position just a little bit? Is it possible that I've had far too much espresso and that I've lost my mind, albeit somewhat temporarily? Well, let's speak more about this. In essence, Barack Obama has unconstitutionally made Mr. Cotteroy king. The president also illegally diverted TARP funds without the consent of Congress toward bailing out political supporters, the UAW, and the auto industry, while simultaneously reversing the order of creditors and ignoring a hundred years of bankruptcy law. The king... Barack Obama, king, or is it, or would it be emperor? What would we call our new king? His Excellency? His Royal Highness? His deity-ness? Or what? Uh, Messiah. Messiah Obama. Emperor Obama, King Obama, Lord High Obama. He did say that he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States of America, so he has, into an imperial presidency. No, 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 much more than that. Much worse than an imperial presidency, he has now set himself up through all of these regulatory – he has found a way quite cleverly, to use loopholes in the Constitution in order to set himself up to avoid the Constitution. He has, set, he has used the Constitution against itself in order to become a ruler and a dictator. Mm, mm, mm. Barack Hussein Obama. How do we fix this? Well, he's got to go. He's got to go. 
in just a few short months. We've got to get him out of here, and it's looking pretty good right now. Aside from the fact that Newt is pretty much nuking Romney with this talk about bank capital and all kinds of other craziness, I've never seen a group of people, more people, work against their own efforts in order to install themselves as the top dog in my whole life. How crazy is it? All right, so you want Barack Hussein Obama out of the White House, and yet you sabotage the efforts to get him out by the crab in the barrel deal. And you black folks know what I'm talking about when I say the, when I when I use that term. I have a call on the line. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Uh, uh, Doc, you know that when you ask a question, i got to try to answer it. And you oh, ask the question. Hey, there he is, Sarge of Rapid Fire. <laughs> man, man, you ask the question, i got to answer it. And anytime you ask a question, man, I'm obligated to answer it. Hey, Sarge. All right, man. You got it? Well, I know what we can call him. No, we can call him the Emperor Jones. Emperor Only thing is, Paul Robeson, he didn't need a teleprompter to read his lines. Ah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, you know, uh, that doesn't sound too bad. It, it, it doesn't roll off the tongue the way it really should, though. But uh, Yeah, I, but if anybody I, ever I, seen the movie The Emperor Jones, it might yeah. be appropriate. Yeah, 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 and I have seen it. I, I do I do get the correlation. I wonder if uh, some of the other folks listening to the show uh get the uh the irony of that of that uh moniker, that nom de guerre, or is it nom de plume? Or just let's just say alias. Yeah, let's say a- appellation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, but you know, Obama is is trying to create a new political philosophy. Yeah. Like Mussolini was the father of fascism, Obama will be the father of Obamianism, and it's yeah. about power. It's a it's, it's a crony capitalism. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know ruled by decree, by executive order. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's ruled through the bureaucracy, uh, and the goal is power. The goal is power. In, in, in Hitler's case, let's face it. Yeah, of course, it was power. It was power to attain an Aryan utopia uh, mm-hmm. with Lebensraum in the East. Yeah, Brahm is power for power's sake, power, because that way you can make the world the way you think it ought to be, which is you and your cronies, all of whom just bleep the politically correct things. Yeah, do you think that it's? Um, it, it, do you think that? Uh, I tend to think it is. Um, I don't think the guy's all that bright, but he has used the Constitution against itself so brilliantly these last couple of years in finding loopholes. Loyally style loopholes to basically use the Constitution against itself and to twist twist the uh, the Constitution to meet his own ends. I find it to be extraordinarily uh, uh, smart of him. And well, kind of, I, I find it to be uh, extraordinarily uh, expedient for him to do so. I mean, he's able to get away with it, but I don't know how brilliant it is. It's patently obvious. Yeah, you know, well, I just said the Congress decided to be supine and eunuch like. And, and I suppose then, you know, I suppose you can demonstrate this sort of brilliance if Congress chooses to abrogate its duty, which it has. Why do you think that the Congress will not challenge uh, these recess appointments? They have not given any indication that they plan to do so. No. Uh, uh, because I think that, uh, A, I think that he's, uh, being the type of guy he is, I think key 
people, key movers in Congress, are probably being extorted. Uh, they're probably being threatened with information that he's obtained since he's been president, you know, chief executive officer in charge of all the intelligence organs of the United States. And I'm sure people are coming to him, shoving stuff over the transom to him. And he's able to intimidate them. Others are just uh, uh, poltroonized by political correctness and by uh, the general spirit of a, 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 you know, a non-confrontation against uh, this unique individual in American history. And they're probably cowed by that prospect. I mean, look at the Republican National Committee and the sort of things they tell people. Yeah. Look so, what they've actually said. It's not like we have to speculate. No, they've actually said it. You know, it doesn't do any good to go after Barack Obama. They call it attack to speak critically of his policies. This is an attack on him personally, apparently. Yeah, the the, the politically correct thing uh, uh, he's being attacked uh, or or his appointments are being blocked because he's the first African American president because he's black, uh, you know, and and uh, y- you know the. For fair or unfair, the uh, GOP has issues or, 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 or doesn't have a really good track record with uh, people of color in terms of uh, their um, the perception that uh, that that exists. But I mean, the GOP is literally afraid to stand up for the principles that we conservatives think are important to stand up for. They are literally afraid to forthrightly defend them. They accept all too often. They accept so many of the liberals' premises. As they argue against some of the policies, they accept some of the premises. Could Rather it also a complete rejection and refutation of almost everything they do, especially Obama? Could they it also won't do it? I mean, they're, 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 mm-hmm. they, they apparently when they get in, they want to implement their own brand of Obamaism, Obamaism light, I guess, and they don't want to criticize it too harshly. Or could it be that they believe strongly that Obama will be defeated in just a few months, and they'll have an opportunity to reverse these? Insane policies. Then, if, if they really believe that, it seems to me that they'd be speaking of them as insane policies, and they're not. Yeah. You know, I mean, I continually hear, uh, I'm continually being soothed by the uh, McCain mendicants amongst the Republican Party that he's not really so bad. He's not really a danger to the Republic. What are you talking about? I mean, what kind of over the top rhetoric hyperbole is that? To call a president of the United States a danger to the republic? Why, that's so unseemly. Yeah, exactly. You want to fight fair. And, and and like Mitt Romney, who will state that Barack Obama is exercising socialist policies but refuses to call him a socialist, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, if you're going to say that the president of the United States is exercising socialist policies here and there and everywhere – and just not come and, and be afraid or refuse to come out and say that he is a socialist. What is the point of that? Uh, there is no point. And no. like I said, it seems as if we don't really have a true opposition party anymore. We have a party no. of accommodationists and uh, apologists. They're actually apologizing for conservatism, in particular free market capitalism. Well, Sounds also, like me. I mean, uh, Gingrich's attack. On Mitt Romney, as much as I dislike Mitt Romney and do not want to see him be the candidate, but mm-hmm. the fact that he, not only did he misrepresent literal facts about Mitt Romney's participation with Bain Capital, and he did, yeah. uh, the very fact that companies like Bain Capital exist uh, serves to prop up the free market. Y- yeah, they, they, they may have conducted themselves kind of harsh with one company, but with other companies, they literally saved one steel company. They literally saved it. It's a thriving company now. It's employing thousands of people. 
It's because Bain Company took the high venture risk capital and invested in it to save it. But rather than put all of this into context, you know, try to explain it to the American people in defense of free market capitalism, what people like Gingrich and Republicans do is say, oh, no, we're not for anybody getting rid of jobs. I mean, you know, I've never seen such cowardice and such just dereliction of duty in my life from the well, Republican Party. I'll tell you what, and, and I agree with that, but I also have a different take on it. I think that deep down Gingrich knows – Gingrich is a smart guy. He knows what he's doing, and he knows that he, – he, he knows that it's unfair, but he, he senses that – this issue, which it should be a non-issue, will only benefit him. So he's willing to do uh, exercise a scorched earth uh, uh, policy with regard to this issue in order to help prop himself up. It is sheer unadulterated uh, 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 ambition. He doesn't care that it that that it's uh, you know that it's hurting the Republican Party. He doesn't care that it may hurt Romney. He wants to be the nominee, and it doesn't matter. He'll twist it any way he can in order to get the upper hand. It's all about Newt, which is why, you know, I can't stand the guy. As 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 brilliant and smart and as well as he does in those debates, I think the guy will do and say whatever it takes to get the nomination. Because he, he just doesn't care. Well, see, see, the, what's really tragic about the way he went after Romney, because Romney is as target-rich an environment as anybody, uh, mm-hmm. with the exception of Obama. There's yep. so much to go after Romney on, on the factual record. I don't understand what he has to make up something like this for, especially since, since it comes at the expense of the principles of free market capitalism. Yeah. I, I just don't understand it. When capitalism is being attacked from all yeah, yeah. sides, including uh, these, this uh, 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 Wall Street crowd and Obama and everybody else. Now you've got Newt basically playing into the Democrats' hands here. If the guy's so brilliant, how come he's behaving so foolishly? Uh, you know, I, I think it's an uh, insufficient commitment to principle. I don't mind anybody playing hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I didn't mind playing a little bit on the dirty side, but not at the expense of core principles. One of the core principles of conservative republicanism is free market capitalism. Yeah, I mean, guys, it's, it's the antidote to the tyranny that the Obamians and the Democratic Party are espousing. And here, Newt Gingrich is ready to shove it under the bus for his personal political ambitions when it really shouldn't be necessary, given Obama, uh, Romney's vulnerability on issues. If you just go forthrightly after Obama's, you know, I mean, after Romney's uh, liabilities, you know, you should win. And if you can't win, well, you know, you weren't meant to win. I don't think you should do anything to win. Yeah, and exactly, and that I think that's what he's doing. He he's he'll he'll do whatever it takes, say whatever he needs to say in order to win. And I think that's disingenuous, and it's one reason why I don't like the guy at all. The fact and the fact that he's not exactly a you know good looking guy. You know, he looks kind of. Weird looking. He looks like a pervert. The guy, the guy who's got who's a pervert down the road. He just looks kind of weird. I, I don't, I don't like looking at him. But I'll tell you what, Eric Bowling is often beside himself when he talks to Newt about this issue on Fox and Friends over the last couple of uh, weeks. He's been talking. He's been trying to get a word in edgewise with with uh, with Newt about this issue, asking him why, why take this road. 
it's counterproductive to what uh, the GOP is trying to do. And Newt comes up with his weak excuses uh, suggesting that he he's putting it out there because if Romney is the nominee, Obama's going to go after it anyway. Well, Romney, Obama's a liar. Yeah. All we got to do is prove what a liar is, which should be the easiest task in the history of American political uh, ele- electoral politics. There shouldn't be anything easier. Uh, Obama is a liar. Nothing he says can be trusted. Everything he says has to be cross-checked and verified. Once you establish that, then anything he says will be suspect. Just every time you go out, this is a list of, and we're going to co- come up with lies Obama's told that are at variance with the objective record. We will give you the objective factual record, and you will see where either he is utterly misinformed or he's a patent liar. In any event, one is just as bad as another for a chief executive of the United States. That's all they have to do. Every time you go, up, oh, this is the lie of the day. Next time comes up, this is the lie of the day. I've got a collection of about 375 of them that he made in public, in speeches. Yeah. I got as Barack Hussein Obama's told on the public record that literally you can go to an objective public record and see that, that he's at variance with. Well, uh, I think that's a great approach. I wonder if any of these guys will take advantage of that. I mean, Newt had a really good idea, uh, the Lincoln-Douglas debate uh, tactic. That would work well. Hopefully Romney will adopt that. And, you know, I'm looking forward to whomever the nominee is, and I believe it will be Romney. You know, and and find out, you know, to, to see what they've got, to see how they'll go about attacking this guy and getting him out of office. Will it be a gloves-off approach? I believe that Obama will not be dainty when it comes to this upcoming election season. He will not pull any punches, and his minions certainly won't. Romney has got to come out swinging and swinging hard and go for the knockout blow. Like Gingrich said earlier, he doesn't want to bloody Obama's nose. He wants to knock him out. And that has to be the mindset of whomever the nominee is. Yes. Now, in that respect, I I do like what Gingrich says. If he means it, I'm so excited to see someone expose this fool. I mean, John McCain had the opportunity in the election, just wouldn't pull the trigger on his joystick. Yeah. Fight Obama pilot who couldn't pull the trigger on a joystick in a target vision Brian, which is so disappointing. Well, he it wasn't really very was. good. He wasn't I said, will you pull the trigger on this guy? You got him in your sights. Well, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a very good fighter pilot when he was a fighter pilot. I, <laughs> at least I would think he understood the principles, at least. Yeah, well, I tell you what, um, no. Uh, you know... <laughs> He's a rhino. He wasn't a true conservative. He was certainly wasn't in the style of Ronald Reagan. And what I've said all along, and I think what a lot of blog talk folks have been saying, is that in order to defeat Barack Obama, we need a a a, a resurgence of the uh, Reagan style of politics. We need a Ronald Reagan, and quite frankly, there is none. Gingrich isn't even Ronald Reagan style. We don't have that guy anymore. And I think that in order to defeat President Obama this coming election, we need Ronald Wilson Reagan, and he just isn't coming. Man, I mean, well, Ronald Reagan had a – look, Ronald Reagan was, after all, an actor, but an actor who employed his considerable, his considerable skill in that regard to a decent cause. You know, unlike yeah. – Puffed up Oscar uh, actor in the White House 
who's employing whatever skills he has, which really ain't that much except, you know, the teleprompter skill, uh, and, and a thoroughly evil and indecent one. And I, I, I would agree with you. I would love to have a, a Ronald Reagan, the charisma and the basic decency and likability of Ronald Reagan, with the ability to articulate that Newt Gingrich has, that yeah. would be a perfect political candidate. Unbeatable. Yeah. It would be. Unbeatable. No one can articulate on, on, a, on a public scene better than Newt Gingrich, save old maybe Alan Keyes, and he's taking himself out of the race by leaving the Republican Party. Yeah, well, Alan But Newt Gingrich does it as well as anybody I know, and, uh, and like I said, if he would just stop with the disingenuousness and the drifting from principle and getting off the reservation. Because sometimes that's where he can say things that are just so pitch perfect. Yeah. But you say to yourself, man, if this guy would stop trying to prove he's the smartest guy in the room, that he can run the horrible policies of liberals better than they can, then he really might be decent. He might be, and he might make a fairly decent uh, 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 vice presidential uh, running mate. Um, I don't see anybody else, perhaps, unless it's uh, Santorum who, uh, you know, who comes in and 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 takes that spot. I think either Santorum or uh, or Gingrich, but uh, you know, it's too early to tell right now. Yeah, it is. But but proving Obama's a liar should be one of the easiest tasks in the world, for God's sake. When Joe Wilson stood up there in that congressional hearing where he was lying about <laughs> health care, Mandan. Clearly lying, calling him a liar because it was in fact the truth. The man was consciously and uh, um, and and willfully lying about you know immigrants being eligible for the new system. And remember the story about auto rabbits? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember that little oh lie God. after lie after lie. Tried to say the man was denied health care, and it turned out he wasn't because since it was a private health care insurer, he was able to sue them. Unlike the government. Yeah and, yeah, and he was able to get a settlement because of the ability to sue a private insurer with whom you are having a dispute, and he got all the care he needed, and he died later of an unrelated ailment. Well, I'm not so sure it was it was a terrible lie, but it was also propaganda. It's it's a classic propaganda. He's relying on the laziness of the of the public and not actually looking. Or verifying some of the things he says that you know everything he because he wants to, he wants America to believe that he's an authority and an authority on what he's saying so he'll say whatever it needs to be said and if a few people find out that it's not true that's fine but the majority of Americans are not are going to go along with what he says just because he said it well, he really wants the government to be the arbiter of first resort yeah. That's what he wants. He wants the government to be that. He wants it to be for all Americans. The first thing they think of when they need some help, not the last, the first, yeah. is the federal government. That's what he wants them to go first. That's what he wants everyone beholding to. He wants to consolidate authority and power. Which isn't going to work here in the United States. It is, we are not a European-style country. We're, we are a mass group of individuals. We are not a collective. He keeps talking about the collective and, and the collective good and, and America needs to become a collective and everybody working together and pulling together and all that. We're not that kind of people. We're individuals by nature, by the very, the very fabric of this country. Yes, who come together in voluntary association. Exactly, and there's no government that's going to force us 
to do these things. And it's, a, it's, it's amazing to me that liberals simply don't get that. They believe that they can legislate us into doing their bidding. No, no they or, get it. They say that's a bad way to be. They're telling us the way we are is wrong. Yeah. Which, you know, they understand completely well. We're bitter clingers clinging to our guns and our religion. They completely – they are regretting it. They are telling us we need to leave that paradigm behind for their noble, new, brave world utopia. But it'll never work. I watched the, uh, the once again uh, Ken Burns' uh, 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 series, PBS series Prohibition, and at the very beginning of the series, uh, one of the uh, one of the speakers uh, uh, said, um, "It it it is completely." asinine to think that the government can legislate the American people into doing something or not doing something as, a, as it related to uh, 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 legislating an action that we will do or we won't do. You know, and prohibition was a prime example of that. You cannot tell the American people what we can and cannot do. It will never work, but they keep trying. Exactly, but you know what? At least back then they had respect for the Constitution. Since the federal government had no authority whatsoever to enforce prohibition, they at least gave it the Constitution authority to do so. That's the one saving grace about prohibition, and the only one, because it was one of the most stupid counterproductive laws in the history of the United States. It gave us modern-day organized crime, but at least they did it with some modicum of respect for the United States Constitution. We don't have that at all anymore. It's just a majority vote of Congress. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's a great point. Well, Sarge, the show is just about over. I want to thank you once again for calling in. You made the show, as you usually do. Hey, thank man, you so no, much. You make the show, man. You're bringing up topics that are so important to bring up. You do them well, with you. style. You do them with grace and great amount of information. And I just sit back and just listen with, with a great deal of uh, appreciation until you ask a question. i got to right. answer it. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarge. I do appreciate it. Tune in to Rapid Fire with Sarge. You're on from 4 until 6. Is that correct? 4.30, 4.30 to 430 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 4.30 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. Good night, my friend. I'll have a good uh, – hey, everybody, thank you so much for being with me tonight on the Steve Robert Jones Situation Report. Help me keep the devil way down in the hole. Good night. God bless you. God bless the United States. When you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk with Jesus, He's gonna save your soul. You gotta keep the devil way down. He's got the fire and the fury at his command. Well, you don't have to worry if you hold on to Jesus' hand. We'll all be safe from Satan when the thunder rolls. We just gotta keep the devil way down in the hole.
Keep the devil. 